All right, welcome to Blackhawk Church. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors on the teaching team here at Blackhawk Church. Welcome to those of you who are watching uh, on a screen. Uh, you're seeing me on a screen. Maybe you're in another venue here at Braider Way, or maybe you're uh, at home. You're listening to your podcast. You're watching me in some uh, way. Those of you who are uh, downtown at Blackhawk uh, downtown, welcome to you. Those of you at Blackhawk Fitchburg in our new facility of Fitchburg, welcome to you. You might be a part of our uh, Blackhawk Chinese ministry, Dijong Zimei, Ping An. Good to have you uh, with us here uh, today. So, uh, yeah, hey, Happy New Year. It's a brand new uh, year, brand new uh, decade. I uh, haven't seen you guys since last year, so it's good to be uh, back here. So good to have everybody uh, with us. I'm not used to writing 2020 yet. Is anybody used to that? I just can't. I, I wasn't used to writing 2019. Seems like the years are going uh, so fast. So at any rate. So in keeping with um, the idea that uh, things are new... Uh, our teaching team uh, several months ago decided that we would kind of push pause on the long series that we have been going through since uh, the beginning of September as we've uh, talked about Jesus by going through the book, uh, the Gospel of Mark in this series called Unexpected uh, Kingdom, Unexpected King. Uh, we, uh, on the teaching, love uh, the series of Mark. We've heard great things from you guys. But, you know, we thought we'd just push pause. We'll come back to that series on the very last Sunday of February, and then we'll finish the book of Mark, and it'll take us all the way uh, till Easter. So we decided that we would like to have uh, five weeks, kind of in the middle of this series, on something that we feel is extremely important for our community. Watch this. Okay, one more person to find a seat for. Let's see. Oh, no, Bears van, Packers van. Okay. Across from, no, they used to be a thing. Now she's bringing her new boyfriend. Awkward. Let's see. Politics, no. Only speaks Klingon. Only speaks in memes. I could put them at this end of the table, but that's the canned cranberry side only. What am I gonna do? Are you excited for Christmas? Why are you sitting at the kids' table? It's complicated. It's complicated, it's complicated. We decided as a teaching team that we would just focus on uh, relationships because uh, relationships can be complicated. I just love uh, that scene right there. It might have reminded some of us of what we just experienced, the different kind of family meals and everything. Maybe you were at the kids' uh, table, or show of hands, how many of you wish you were at the kids' table? Uh, so yeah, there you go. Sorry about that. So uh, yeah, relationships can be very difficult and complicated, and so we decided that let's just, let's just talk about what many of us uh, experience on a regular basis, and then at the end of February, we'll come back to the Mark uh, series. So let me first of all talk about what this series is not about. So this series is not about um, romantic relationships. 
as in, are you in a relationship right now? There's nothing wrong with a series on relationships and focusing on romance and stuff like that, but that's not what this series is about, and I wouldn't be the pastor who would lead off that series. Uh, that's what my wife would say. So uh, at any rate, uh, so it's not about that at all. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not what this is. This series is about um, the struggles that we all have to build healthy, flourishing relationships. Deep down inside of all of us, there is a desire for relationships that are full of life and full of vigor and vitality and joy. We'd love for every relationship to be like, man, it doesn't get any better than this. That kind of deep feeling of satisfaction about being in relationships. We all long for that deeply, but uh, most of us don't experience that on a regular basis in the relationships that we're in. So why is that? Well, uh, it might be because we've been hurt. Someone has done or said something to us that has really hurt us. Maybe it's not one thing, but maybe it's a lifetime of things that someone has done that's just so very painful. That's one legitimate reason. Another reason might be that, uh, well, it's just hard. It's just hard to build a healthy relationship. It takes a lot of energy to do that. It's much easier to like watch a movie or do something else. It's difficult to kind of move towards uh, difficult situations. And people can be difficult also. So it's like, you know, Pastor Chris, if you knew my friends or my family the way I know them, you would not say what you're saying because they're just difficult people. Another thing would be, um, we can be difficult people. So, um, show of hands, uh, how many of you agree that you're not exactly like Jesus? Show of hands. There we go. Okay. All right. Good. So, if you didn't raise your hand, come talk to me afterwards. <laughs> or better, talk to your closest friends. They'll tell you you're not exactly like Jesus. So all of us have some room to work on the idea of growing and that kind of thing. So we can all grow in love because none of us are like Jesus. So it's very difficult to build healthy, sustainable, great relationships. It's complicated. Why should we even bother with this? Well, one of the reasons we should bother at Blackhawk Church is our mission is to build a loving community that actually follows Christ in order to reach the community around us. So, I mean, that's one reason. But a deeper reason is that uh, God has designed us. He's actually designed us to be in really healthy relationships. Picture a relationship or a time in your life when you have really experienced a fun and joy and you say, man, it doesn't get any better than this. That feeling, that feeling is something that is designed by God for you to have. He has designed all of us to long for healthy relationships where we go, man, it doesn't get any better than this. This is the way it should be. All of us have been designed by God to experience that and to feel that. Where do I get that idea from? Well, um, from the very first chapter of the Bible. Take your Bibles if you want and turn to Genesis 1 or you can just look on the screen here. So God created mankind in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I thought it was kind of cool in the first Sunday of the first decade, in the, first, in the new year, to begin with a verse from the first chapter of the Bible. This verse is a very classic verse in Christian theology because it, it sets the foundation. That verse says that all human beings are created in the image of God. The English word image translates the Hebrew word selim, which um, uh, selim is um, in their world, in the ancient world, uh, if you were a king or a queen and uh, you wanted everybody to know where your territory was, you would put a selim uh, at the border of your territory, like an, uh, a statue of you or an idol or something like that. A selim is... Um, something that represents you. Your image is on that idol. And people know, oh. Or you can pull out some uh, money from the United States. Money from the United States usually has a picture of a dead president on it or something like that. That's the selim. That's the image of George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or something like that. So we're all created in God's selim. That is, we're to represent who God is. Well, who's God? Well, the Bible tells us that God is love. Here's one verse that says that. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Well, that's a very confusing verse. What does it mean that God is love? Does it mean that love is God? Well, it doesn't mean that. So that's not an equation that can be reversed. Like two plus two equals four, four equals two plus two is an equation you can reverse. When the Bible says God is love, it doesn't mean that love is God. There are many verses in the Bible that says God is something. Here are a few of those verses. The Bible says that God is spirit. It says that God is light. God is a consuming fire. When the writer of Hebrews says God is a consuming fire, that doesn't mean a consuming fire is God. Those are not equations that you can reverse. How you guys doing? You follow me? So what does it mean? What does it mean God is love? Well, actually, uh, there's, a, there's a very deep implication in that phrase that most of us don't think about at all when we say God is love. But it's embedded in that phrase. Uh, someone who used to work, teach at Oxford and Cambridge, a man who wrote in the middle of the 20th century, C.S. Lewis, he wrote this once. All sorts of people are fond of repeating the Christian statement that God is love. But they seem not to notice that the words God is love have no real meaning unless God contains at least two persons. Love is something that one person has for another. If God was a single person then before the world was made, he was not love. But what Lewis is saying is that God is not a single person. When we say God is love, by implication, we mean that there is more than one person in the Godhead. How are you guys doing? You follow me? When we say God is love, it's not a singularity. In order for him to be love, and he's always been love, it means that there is more than one person in the Godhead. Theologians refer to the Godhead as the Trinity. There are three persons in the Godhead. There's not three gods, 
There's one God. And that one God exists in three different persons. You can say this with me. They are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The way those three persons interact and relate to each other, theologians refer to by a a complicated word called perichoresis. Here's perichoresis. Perichoresis, peri means around, choresis, we get the word choreography from that. Perichoresis actually means that the three persons of the single Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they constantly are dancing around the other, constantly. I just saw three people yawn right there. (laughs) Really, do you want me to point you out? So many people are going, what in the world does this have to do with building a healthy relationship with the brother-in-law that I can't stand? I mean, what does this have to do with any of that? It has everything to do with that. Because you're actually designed by God to love the brother-in-law you can't stand, or whoever you're thinking of. We're designed by God to be like him. We are all made in his image And God is love, that is, the three persons of the Trinity are always other-centered. It's hard to understand. I want to illustrate that. I need, from this audience, two people to volunteer to come up here and help me form the Trinity. I need two people, two volunteers. I'm not kidding. I need two volunteers. (laughs) Who was it? There's one. Okay, come on up. I need one more volunteer. One more volunteer. Somebody, come on. Wait, you're right, right here. You're closer. Come on up. There you go. Okay, that's good. Come on up. All right. Welcome to the Trinity. How are you? Good. <laughs> Welcome to the Trinity. Good to see you. Okay, so uh, what's your name? Patty. Patty, okay. Rebecca. Rebecca, okay. Rebecca and Patty. And I'm Chris, and we form the Trinity. Let's hold each other's hands like this. Awesome. So let's pretend that I'm going I'm to be the Father, and let's say, Rebecca, you want to be the Spirit or the Son? The Son. Good. That's a good, good choice. You're Jesus, okay? And, and you want to be the... Spirit. Yeah, the Spirit. Okay, good. So that's good. So let's uh, go ahead and hold each other's hand, the Son and the Father, and the Holy Spirit. So actually, to form perichoresis, why don't you guys hold each other's hands also? And so perichoresis, that word, it means we dance around each other and with each other. Awesome. (laughs) This is good. The Spirit. You're like the Spirit. That's what what the Spirit would do. Yeah, let's do that. That's awesome. Okay. Okay, so let's just dance around like this. Awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and perichoresis actually means more than that. And that means that uh, two persons love to dance around the other person. So Jesus, why don't we dance around you uh, first, you know, like here, in the Spirit. Ah, yes, 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 yes. And then the Spirit... You want you be in the center? And the son and the father. Yes, oh, go there. Which way? Which way? Okay, 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 okay. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I'll be the father. And one of the spirit and Jesus, when you just dance around me. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that's good. Let's hear it for the Trinity. Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay. All right, that's very cool. Oh, I wish you could have heard what Jesus just said to me right then. Uh, because uh, Jesus just said, like, we have to bow down to you. That's very good. But actually, the Father would actually want to bow down to the, 
Spirit and the Son also. Very important to know that the members of the Godhead are absolutely equal. They're absolutely equal. And they are always about the other. (laughs) Always about the other. When the Bible says that God is love, implied in that is that God can't be one person. He must be more than that. Because love requires another being, another person. And the Father and the Son and the Spirit are always about the other. That's very crazy. Always about the other. We are created in the image of God. What God has designed for human beings at the human beings would always be about the other. But we're not like that. (laughs) Why is that? Well, if we kept reading the Bible after Genesis 1 and 2, there's Genesis 3. (laughs) And Genesis 3 uh, talks about the fact that sin has entered into our world. And when sin came into the world, uh, the image of God in human beings was not erased. We're still in the image of God, even though we're sinful beings. But the image of God has now been defaced. It's defaced. And what we should be, we're not because of sin. And actually, what happens because of sin is that I'm not about the other anymore. <laughs> because of sin, I'm actually about me, actually. And instead of my desire to dance around other people, I'd actually like other people to dance around me, actually. Think about the complicated relationships that you're in right now. Picture, picture that. Who's the person in your life? When we say complicated, you go, yep, I'm thinking of that person. Think of that right now. Who's that person? Brother-in-law, sister, husband, son, daughter, coworker. Who's that person? A lot of the times the problems that we face are because actually we would like that person to dance around us. We don't want to dance around them. And even when um, we do something good, like when we sacrifice for that person, or we go out of our way to do something kind for them, or we're generous to them, we hope they notice that. Hope you notice that. (laughs) Didn't you notice that I... What's that about? It's about me. Now just imagine uh, three people trying to have a relationship with each other, or five, or ten. And every single person has been affected by sin, and every single person wants everybody else to dance around them. That's not called community. That's called chaos. And it all goes back to, we've been designed in the image of God, but that's been effaced. We're not like God wants us to be. God knows that. And so he's done something about that. So he sent, because he's about the other, he sent his son and his spirit to make a difference in humans and our relationships. There's a passage in 1 John that explains this. It's 1 John chapter 4. You can turn there or you can look on the screen uh, with me. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, 
but that he loved us, sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Because God, God knows there's no perfect anything without sin being taken care of. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God as for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is typical of Johannine literature, this First John. First uh, John is all about very short sentences that are just compact with all kinds of dense theology. So there's tons of things in that passage. But for our purposes for this series, I just want to focus on one thing that we read over, and that is the fact that God has given us his spirit. Did you see that? Verse 13, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. And this makes all the difference in the world when we think about building healthy relationships in a complicated world. Right before uh, Jesus uh, died on the cross, he gathered his uh, 12 friends together in an upper room, and uh, he said this uh, to his disciples, found in John chapter 14. If you love me, keep my commands. That's a great phrase right there, isn't it? How do we demonstrate whether or not we love Jesus or not according to that verse? We what? Just a second. This is when you can participate. In a, everybody wake up, okay? Let's read that, read that verse 15 out loud with me. If you love me, keep my command. Let me ask you this question. How do we demonstrate that we love Christ? We Do you love Jesus? Well, the way we show love to Jesus is we what? Jesus now, you're not very loud right now. How do we demonstrate that we love Jesus? We? Jesus yes, yeah, so we have to do something. To do something. Let's keep going. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Now, Jesus is talking to his 12 disciples in an upper room before he's crucified on a cross. He dies on that cross, and he's risen from the dead, and he ascends to the Father. And then, 50 days after that, Pentecost happens, and the Spirit comes down on his followers. And they are filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. When we place our faith in Christ and him alone for our salvation, the spirit enters into our lives and he empowers us so that even though God asks us to do things that are extremely difficult, like keeping his commands, even with difficult people, the spirit enables us to do that. He empowers us. How can we build healthy relationships in the world today? 
Well, we have to remember that we're designed by God to be like him, and we're empowered by him to do things that we don't think we can do. This idea of empowering people who are obedient reminds me of this idea of um, I have to do something. It's very difficult to love this person's heart, but God empowers me. It reminds me of these, uh, these things called e-bikes. Do you, you guys know what I'm talking, when I say e-bike, you know what I'm talking about? These are electronic bikes. City of Madison has uh, e-bikes now and different people. If you've ever ridden on an e-bike, raise, raise your hand right now. All sides and venues. Just, just a few of you. So most of you haven't ridden on an e-bike before. Uh, e-bikes are, uh, most e-bikes are pedal assist. That means you have to pedal. And then when you pedal, the electronic motor kicks in and kind of helps you. Now, some e-bikes have a throttle and you don't have to pedal at all. But most e-bikes are not like that. Most e-bikes are, you're actually doing something. And then all of a sudden you get a woo. <laughs> you get a boost. And that enables you to do things you normally wouldn't be able to do. Watch this. <laughs> Peter Sagan, he's one of the fastest bicyclists in the world. You can just Google Peter Sagan. He's like amazing. And yet, Grandma Joan beats him up the hill. But was she pedaling? The answer is yes. But she was getting a big assist there, wasn't she? She could do things that she normally wouldn't be able to do because she was empowered by that uh, electric uh, motor. You know, my, uh, last spring, uh, my wife and I started to ask questions about e-bikes. And uh, my wife decided that she'd like to ride with me. I uh, ride a bike. I have a road bike. I've had one for years, and I love to ride. And my wife uh, is not really good on bikes, and she doesn't ride that much. And so she thought maybe if she got an e-bike, that we could actually ride together. We've been married 41 years. Anything you can do to work on your relationship after 41 years is a good thing. So she went out and got herself an e-bike. And so this was great. I thought, now we can ride together. So I on my road bike, and then my wife on her e-bike, we started riding around here. If you've been around West Madison and West Dane County, there's a lot of hills around here. And this is what would take place when we go for a ride. My wife would go right up that hill like this, and I would be like, oh, just dying going up a hill. We'd get to the top of the hill. My wife would actually be waiting for me. And then because I have a road bike, they're real fast. When he went down the hill, I would go ahead of her. So our rides would look like this. She'd go like this, we'd get like this, and then I would go like this. And so we would be like this on our ride. I thought it was fantastic because we were riding together. My wife says, we're not riding together. <laughs> we're riding at the same time, but we're not riding together. So she was disappointed. But my neighbor had an e-bike. She says, I want you to try our neighbor's e-bike. I said, you want me to ride an e-bike? She said, yes. I said, for the sake of our marriage, I'll do that. So I got my friend's e-bike, and when we went up hills, we went up together like this. And then we went down together, and we were riding our bikes together. We've never ridden bikes together before. Before that ride was over, my wife looked at me, and she says, we're getting you an e-bike. <laughs> I looked at her, and I said, what have you done with my wife? <laughs> you look like my wife, but that's not something my wife would say. Well, we both now have e-bikes. We go on bike vacations together. 
It has changed our relationship. And after 41 years, you do anything you can to improve your relationship. It's just changed. My wife normally couldn't ride for 25 miles. She can ride for 25 miles now. Not a blink at all. We do it together. How can she do that? She gets an assist. But she's also pedaling. We are empowered to try to move towards loving relationships in the most complicated relationship you can think of. Things that you think, Pastor Chris, you just have no idea about how difficult this person is. Yes, but you can do it. No, I can't. Yes, you can. Because you're empowered by the Spirit of God. You might not be a relational giant, but you are made in the image of three relational giants. And they are all about the other all of the time. It's one of the reasons he sent his son. It's one of the reasons he's given us his spirit. So what does this actually look like in real life? Well, let's think about your relationships. There are relationships that you've chosen to be in. That is, you know, you select, I, I want you to be my friend, I want you to be my... But there's more difficult relationships that you didn't choose at all. Those are like your family. You didn't choose to be born in that family, but that, that's, that's your brother and sister, and, and you know, that, there you go. And you didn't choose who they would marry. Those are your in-laws. There you go. You didn't choose your parents. You didn't choose who you work with, most of us. So there are relationships that are very difficult. Some of those are relationships we didn't choose. We're just in them. What does pedal assist? Should we be obedient to the commands of Jesus? The answer is? Does he want us to love people sacrificially? The answer is? Is that difficult? Yes. Impossible. But not without the spirit. So what does it look like, pedal assist, in the relationships you're thinking of? Here's three questions to ask. First question is this. Am I being selfish? Am I being selfish? Am I wanting that other person to dance around me? I want them to dance around me. No, I don't want to dance around them. But if we're made in the image of God, and God is about the other, God doesn't want you to be selfish. That's a fruit of sin, actually. So he wants you to be selfless. That's what he's like. That's what his son is like. What would happen if you uh, moved toward the person that you're thinking of and you actually started out by saying, you know, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but I can be selfish sometimes. <laughs> can you imagine starting out with that sentence? You know, I, I, I really, um, I, can, I can mess up. I, 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 can, I can be about myself. And I think that might be what has happened in our relationship, I, I, I think I can be selfish. Just begin a conversation like that with the person you're thinking of. See where that leads you. Here's another question you might ask. How can I intentionally bring Christ into this relationship? How can I intentionally bring Christ into this relationship? Here's a principle. Here's a principle. When I intentionally bring Christ into a relationship, the dynamics of that relationship are going to change. Someone say amen. This is true, you guys. 
When I intentionally bring Christ, I'm his follower. I demonstrate that I love him by being obedient to him. When I intentionally bring him into this relationship, wow. One way we can intentionally bring Christ into a relationship is to pray for the other person. Are you doing that? Do you do that? I tell you what, why don't we do that right now? Right, like right now. So you have somebody in mind that you're thinking of. You think, man, that person is difficult and I'm in a complicated relation. Do you have somebody in mind? Think of that person. Oh, let's pray for them right now. Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. All sides and venues. You may pray something like this. Father, I'm thinking about and then fill in their name. And then say, Father, they have hurt me and it I am in a this is difficult. And then say this Father, I know that you love them. And then you might want to say something like this Father, I know that in their life they have been in difficult situations. Bad things have happened to them. That's true. So just think about their life. And then say something like this, God, would you help me to be like you and Christ and the Spirit towards this person and to love them sacrificially as you love them? I pray this in Christ's name. All God's people said. So that complicated relationship that you're thinking about, here's the question. Do you pray for them on a regular basis? Here's the principle. Look at the principle again. When I intentionally bring Christ into your life, it's going to change, you guys. It's going to change. Third question is this. Am I seeking to get back at them? Many of us are in difficult and complicated relationships because we have been hurt and they have hurt us, and it's a real pain. It's a real hurt. Are you seeking to get back? Well, you shouldn't. Don't do that. If you want to be obedient to Christ. Paul writes in the book of Romans. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. Leave room for God's wrath. It is written, it's mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Revenge, you guys. Getting back, that's God's business. That's not. It's not our business. But, 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 but. No, 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 no. Revenge is his business. It's not our business. The problem with uh, a message like this and a series like this is that it can come across in an uncomplicated way. Oh, well, if we just pray for people, everything's going to be better. Uh, And if we just try to dance around them, everything's going to be better. None of us on the teaching team believe that. Because we know that relationships are more complicated than that. It's more complex than that. So we've decided to have a whole series about relationships. Here's where we're going in this series. Next week, Pastor Michael Napstad, who uh, leads our college ministry and our young adult ministry, he'll be speaking on loneliness. Uh, Michael's not married. He can speak with some authority on that. Matt Metzger is going to speak on the 26th on authenticity. Charles Hughes is going to talk about forgiveness, and then Matt Metzger will be back on February 9th to talk about good conflict. You guys, 
don't know if you watch the news, you know what's going on in our world, but our world is becoming more divisive place, more complicated. People are taking sides. People are saying things that are hard to hear. We live in a world where people are kind of at each other's throats. What would it be like if we were different? What would it be like if actually we, people at Blackhawk Church, our church, danced around other people? We're not selfish. We're forgiving. We don't take revenge. We're the people who God would use to bring healing in our community. Not because relationships are not complicated, they are, but because we have been designed by God and empowered by him to be loving people. What would happen? Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us. That you would empower us to be loving people. Many of us have been really hurt and building healthy, sustainable, flourishing relationships with the person or people we're thinking about, we just think, God, that's impossible. We thank you, Father, that your spirit indwells us. Help us to be obedient to your son by the power of your spirit so that we can be different and make a difference and build healthy relationships in a complicated world. We pray this in Christ's name for the sake of his reputation. All God's people said.